in today's show. We're looking back at the Boston Celtics regular season for fantasy basketball, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here to look at the Boston Celtics and their regular season. Hope their playoffs are going well. I don't know, because it's recorded in advance, about a month in advance, this show. So a lot has happened in the interim. But we're talking about their regular season and what they did fantasy-wise. So, Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Celtics, 51-31 and 31 in the regular season. They do not have a first-round pick. That has gone to San Antonio as part of the Derek White deal. They do have pick 54, and that's their second rounder. That's it. Pretty uneventful stuff in the draft. They were the seventh best offense and the second best defense. In the preseason, we looked at that team and went, yeah, pretty good defense potentially here. Horford, Williams, Tatum, Brown, Smart, Richardson. Some really nasty defensive lineups. And it worked out that way. They had an expected win loss of 59-23, and 23, so they played under that. They were an absolute juggernaut through the second half of the season. Just got away with a game one win in the first round here against the Nets through the buzzer beater. But they were awesomely strong after a shaky start to the season where Ima Yudoka was trying to find his feet and struggled early on, absolutely. But turned his season around, turned his team's season around and was really strong as the season went on. In terms of free agency for next year, they got Al Horford at $26.5 million. That's a partial guarantee on that. I would expect with how Al has played that they will keep him around. It's, cost, it cost, it's costly, but they'll keep him around. Luke Cornett's an unrestricted free agent. Cool. Nick Stauskas got a $2 million non-guarantee. I don't think they'll bring him back. Sam Houser's got $1.5 million team option. I don't think they'll bring him back. Malik Fitz, $1.7 non-guarantee. Don't think so. Juwan Morgan, $1.8 team option. Don't think so. These are all guys that after the trade deadline, they just need to fill a lot of roster spots. So they had to sign these guys. I don't expect any of those guys to be brought back. So basically, outside of trades, and Brad Stevens might make some trades, it's going to be basically the same squad except you get a full season out of Derek White and Daniel Tice back on the roster. That's really the difference. That's that's where the team sits. Again, trades could happen. Maybe it's White, maybe it's Tice, Neesmith. Who knows what they do? But free agency, they're going to find it hard to be a big player given their cap spot and the way that their roster is currently constructed. It's going to be pretty hard to get in and change that up. Let's look at their players. Let's start with Jason Tatum, who was... Drafted around pick nine, that was his ADP. He ended up the season as the 14th ranked player, 13th in points leagues. It was a really bad start for Tatum. He was like outside the top 60 for a fair few weeks to begin the year. And then came on really strong towards the end. He still always seems to have these issues with poor shooting. Like some inefficient nights for sure. But 27, 8, and and 4.5. Three threes, a steals, 0.6 blocks, 45, 85. It's that 45 there that you want to get to 46, 47. 
and it probably can, but 35 from three, 52 from two, there's scope for that to improve. That's a little bit of a concern. It's still 58 true shooting, which is above league average, but you'd like those individual components, the three and the two-point percentage, to go just a little bit higher. He's going to be a pretty solid first-round player again, despite not cracking the top 10. Just reliability, I guess he's age 24, so there's room to improve. I don't really think he gets worse than this. He played 76 games. We can't always rely upon that, of course. He averaged 45 fantasy points. Like some strong numbers for Tatum. Not a surprise. His advanced stats are amazing. Led the team in Raptor. His EPM was huge. 16.3 estimated wins. Interestingly, his effective field goal percentage is below league average. That's where the improvement needs to come. Took probably too many mid-ranges and didn't hit him well at 38%. Needs to improve his three-point percentage too. Rebounding was strong. Assists were good. Steals and blocks, they're okay. They're not really ever going to get to blow up into big numbers, but they're solid enough. He obviously led the team in LeBron in a big number. His um, Darko was really strong. He had a big dip in Darko to begin the year, but has just been on a huge upward trajectory. Now, we don't expect that to continue in that sort of upward way through the rest of his career. It'll start to flatten off, but he has really uh, hitting the peaks of his form at this stage. On off, he was a massive plus 13.9. So just really a gigantic driver of success for this squad. I don't think any of that would be a surprise for me. He's only 24. He's like a top five dynasty player, probably. And much like what I've spoken about in the past, he doesn't ever have to be a top five player to be a top five dynasty guy. He's got probably six years of top 12 numbers coming this way, maybe more. And probably more, probably nine years of that. Maybe not nine years of top 12. But you get what I'm trying to say in terms of um, his long-term value and long-term appeal. Maybe he maintains his long-term appeal by taking athletic greens. It's a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I just needed to get more healthy. I need to get healthier. I need to get more vitamins and minerals, superfoods, greens into my body. And an easy way of doing that's with AG1. One scoop a day in a glass of water. It doesn't cost that much, like less than three bucks a day. Tastes great. Easy to do. What more could you want? We all need to improve our diet and improve our well-being, and this is a fantastic way to do it. It's a great source of multivitamins. It's a small micro habit with big benefits. One thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NBA Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. If you're looking for parts for your car, Rock Auto is the place to go. Why would you go to a local chain auto parts store? It's pretty silly. In fact, it's ridiculous. There's no point going there. You're going to spend way too much money on the same parts and have to wait for the privilege of doing that. Go to rockauto.com. They're a family business serving online auto parts customers for over 20 years. Whether it's brake parts or tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet, Rock Auto has everything you could possibly need for your car or truck. So when you're browsing rockauto.com and finding all those parts available for your car or truck and you stick them into your basket ready to check out, in their How Did You Hear About Us box right locked on so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. The next ranked player is the rock DJ, Robbie Williams. He might be back from his injury by the time this recording is going, but I don't know that. I feel like there's just always something. Knee problem, 
finger, toe, ankle, something. It's the way his body is. I worry that's going to be a persistent thing. But he was great. 30th ranked player this season. Only 10 points. 30 minutes. Way more than I expected. 10 rebounds. But it's 2.2 blocks and 74%. And 72 from the line. His fantasy value is really concentrated. It's blocks and field goals. With a little bit of rebounds. So the 30 ranking is great. It's really good. But it is another one of those cases where rankings might skew how important this player is. Real big start for field goals and blocks. Huge. Big three-category guy. The problem is, is that there's some big negatives in there as well. And it's got to really make sense in the way you're building your squad. So just be cautious about overvaluing him. I'd be really cautious about that. But he was great. And he had stretches where he would play over 30 minutes a night as well. He's nowhere near as good in points league. 62nd ranked player there. His advanced stats aren't quite as good as the fantasy numbers would make out. He's still pretty good. A plus three in Raptors, really good. He was second in EPM. Actually, that's really good. Plus 3.7, 95th percentile. His LeBron was fourth on the team. His Darko was second on the team. He's very impactful and his career trajectory is just going up nicely. Can he play like 31 minutes a night next season? Can he stay out of health concerns? I think the extra minutes is possible. I think, I think we've seen that he can maintain 32 a night. And that's going to push him maybe even higher. The next thing is getting some usage and getting some scoring in. 11 usage is very low. And that, we need a little bit more there to really take advantage of how efficient he is. He's true shooting 75%. That's one of the best, if not the best in the league. Finished at amazing level at the rim. Not really ever going to be a long shooter, but really good offensive rebounder, good shot blocker, really good defensive stuff from him. Rob was also a plus four on court. That's encouraging, really encouraging. And he's only 24. Same age as Tatum. There's going to be, you know, Clint Capella, Rudy Gobert-ish fantasy value for the next four to five years. The worry is just going to be how his body holds up and can he push the 11 usage to 14? Can he push the 29 minutes to 32? I think he can. And I think we might see it next year. I just don't know that, that for sure. Jalen Brown. JB, you've done it again. 34 minutes, 24 points, six rebounds, three and a half assists to steal, 47 and 76. It's just a real stereotypical Jerry, Jeremy, J- Jalen Brown line. This is just sort of who he is. A bit lacking with the efficiency. Never a great passer. Never a great defensive stat accumulator. Good scorer. Efficient scorer. Advanced stats are actually not as good as a lot of other players on this team. He was 2.7 on Raptor. He was fifth best in EPM, sixth best actually. But still 91st percentile. They just had so many good players. A little bit down on LeBron. He continues to improve at a really strong rate. At some point, that improvement is going to drop off. I think he can lock him in as a top 50 guy. Well, how old is he? 25? Next four years? Five years probably? I don't really see much changing with his game up or down. It's just going to be, is the 76 from the line, can that go to 80? That's that's the change, isn't it? Three and a half assists, can that can become four? That's that's the real challenge, I guess, to increase the value. Plus 5.2 on off, is just, which is strong. It's obviously not as good as Tatum. But some really, really good numbers, again, from the Celtics. Al Horford, massive surprise. 63rd ranked player. He was drafted 99. Now, I was all fine drafting him around the end of the draft. I thought there's no way what's going to happen in Oklahoma City happened would happen again. That won't happen. It didn't happen. 
then he also just blew my expectations out of the water with you know, top 30 numbers to begin the season. And that was always going to come back down. He ended up with 29 minutes, 10 and 8. 1.3 blocks, 47, 84. Some really strong numbers. It is backed a little bit by some of that early production, which was unsustainable. He's 35, 36, actually. So next season, does 29 become 28 minutes? Do 1.3 blocks become one block? I wouldn't want to touch him anywhere in the 6th, 7th, or probably 8th round. Just be wary of injury, age, decline. I'd be worried about all those things. I thought he was really strong, though. His advanced numbers are great. Um, they're all great right across the board, really, in every sort of metric. He was so impressive on this team. But you just worry, again, just preserving him, keeping some of the numbers down. He dropped off significantly and then took a gigantic leap forward this season. I think there's a little bit of that's unsustainable in it. So just be cautious about looking at that rank number and going, well, that's just where he gets drafted from here on out. I, I really don't think that'll be the case for Horf. Marcus Smart was right about where we thought, 74th. He was 83rd in ADP. Always like him a little bit more than consensus does. He was 90th in points leagues. What did he average, Smarty? 12, 4, and 6 with 1.7 steals, shooting 42 and 79. We know there's always going to be a field goal percentage issue with him. But defensively, he's excellent. Some think he might win Defensive Player of the Year. 3.3 Raptor. EPM in the 92nd percentile. Big estimated wins. Some really huge numbers from him. Defensively, he's great. Offensively, he's much better than you think. His passing is strong. Really positive numbers right across the board. And a lot of people want the Celtics to get upgrade at point guard. I'm not sure they need to. I think he's a really solid player. He's 28 though. So at some point they do or they will need to replace him. Some of the defensive stuff will start to drop in the next couple of years, probably in two or three. And then he starts to lose minutes. So when we're looking dynasty, I reckon he's got two more years, top 100, and then it might start to decline. His injuries catch up and a little bit of the hustle drops off and a little bit of his impact and his effectiveness falls away, I think. Built Bar, that's not falling away. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. If you've ever had a protein bar and you've just struggled to eat it because it just tastes so bad. It's like chewing cardboard. Well, Built Bar is not like that. It's like a candy bar, but you don't have to deal with the super high calories that those bars have. This is just 130 in a Built Bar and 17 grams of protein, low carbs, low fat, low sugar, unbelievable nutritional profile. The flavors are great as well. Cookies and cream, coconut, raspberry, strawberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel. Plus their new puffs, which is protein-infused marshmallow. Really great tasting things. You can get them for 15% off. If you head to built.com and use the code LOCKED15, you're going to want to get multiple boxes, I'm telling you. So head to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you will save 15% off your order. Built Bar is built different. Maximum Derek White. Maximum Derek. He ended up as the 93rd ranked player. I think he was like 70th in San Antonio. Dropped off in Boston. Ended up with 13, 3.5, and 5. 0.9 steals, 0.8 blocks, 42, and 86. Had a real struggle to begin the season. Picked it up as the season went on and then got traded to a less ideal environment. I don't think... He's also 28. I don't think he's going to be a top 100 player moving forward. I think this was his chance to establish or have a good fantasy year. He had a solid one, but I don't think we're getting that again. His advanced stats are unbelievable. Plus four in Raptor. That's third on this team. 92nd percentile in EPM, including 98th percentile defensively. He is an unbelievable defender. 
Shooting, it's a struggle. 49% E field goal percentage is really bad. But defensively, passing-wise, I think he's really good. You know I think he's good. And I think the role that he's in is going to be really valuable to Boston. Just the problem is, it's not going to translate over to us big time for fantasy. You just always watch if Brown goes out or Smart goes out, then White will become a fantasy guy. But as a draftable player, I worry that... I don't think the top 100 is going to be realistic for Derek White as we move forward. And then after those guys, it's like a wasteland. This is going to be a short show because a lot of guys are not worth talking about. Grant Williams, I thought was impressive though, but still the 210th ranked player this season. In points leagues, he was 274th. 24 minutes, eight, three and a half rebounds, an assist, 0.5 steals, 0.7 blocks, 48 and 91. He shot the three ball really well, 41%. It was great from the line, 91, as I said. Um, his advanced stats weren't that good, though. Negative one Raptor. Negative 1.3 EPM. Lowish on um, LeBron as well. His on-off was a negative, negative six. Helps what hurts him that the starters were so good. He was good. He had moments where you could stream him in. I think defensively, he's really solid. But I don't really ever see an ability to ramp up into big-time fantasy production. Same goes with Daniel Tice, who they were starting at the end of the year, but Rob Williams would just take that spot. 30 years of age. He played 21 minutes, including an ill-fated stint in Houston, starting next to Wood, where he was atrocious. 8 and 5.7 blocks, 52-68 as his field goal and free throw percentage. Like he's fine. He's a solid backup big. He looks much better in Boston, for sure, than he did in Houston. But there's just really no long-term upside there. If you want to talk about the guys who maybe have some upside, you're looking at Peyton Pritchard, 24 years of age, 14 minutes. Last year, he played 20 minutes. And what we talked about with this team is it's hard to see how he gets the role larger than as a rookie. And that panned out. Six points, two rebounds, two assists. He shot the ball well and had a little real spike at the end of the year. And he started playing at times more minutes than Derek White. I don't think that's going to be the case as we move forward into the next couple of years. He is a very good shooter and that is in his favor for sure. But I don't, know what else he's doing necessarily defensively he's not an absolute disaster but he's not good offensively he's strong it's good shooting cannot finish at the rim and cannot get to the rim at all his get to the rim numbers are horrific what it point three free throws he didn't he didn't miss a single free throw but he just never got there and i haven't really seen much in his game where i go there's big ramp up here can he be a guy that you know, if someone goes down, he steps in and you know, takes 25 usage and gets 20 and 7. I don't know. I'm not ruling that out for him. Like, I'd rule it out for a Neesmith, someone like that. I'm not ruling it out for Pritchard. He's had some positive moments. But he looks a bit more like a real specified role player on this squad versus a guy that many Celtics people were pretty excited about after his rookie season where he came out and shot the ball well and that, that was always going to fall off but I thought towards the end of this season he really started to stabilize again and show some really solid improvements and sort of keep himself under control on the court and he's going to be a useful player whether he's ever a top 100 fantasy guy I don't know he was barely top 350 this year and I'm not sure you know, I think he can take steps forward from there and play more than 14 minutes a game next season I think he can be 18-19 but stepping into that next role, I'm not really sure that comes. After him, the rest of this roster, it's Fitz, Thomas, Stauskas, Ryan, Hauser, Cornette, Morgan. They're all nobodies. Aaron Neesmith's the only other guy, first round pick a couple of years ago. I don't really know about him. He came in with his reputation, unfounded, as like the best shooter in the draft, which was wrong. He played 10 games and shot 50% from three. 
right? Was a 32% shooter as a freshman. He hasn't really translated any of this good shooting across. 27% from three this year, averaged four points, 1.7 rebounds. His value is always going to be in hitting threes. And those numbers in college were just unreliable. He, offensively, he really struggled. His advanced numbers were down, pretty low. I don't really see anything from Neesmith that makes me think really great future wing rotation player. I didn't love him coming in. Nothing has really changed over the two years. He played 52 games, 11 minutes a night, but it's a long way away from him having any sort of sustained impact, I would think, on this squad. They've got some things they've got to do with minimums and all that sort of stuff, but that, you know, that might be easier to do if they do end up winning a title or getting close to one. But they really need Nate Neesmith and Pritchard to take big steps forward. And I think Pritchard can. I'm just not convinced about Neesmith. And as I said, there's not really much to talk about with this team. That'll do it. So follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.